Hello, everybody. Welcome or welcome back to BNB Anime. This is the second time we are trying to record this episode. Uh, Give us a break. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everything is fine. Everything is awesome. Everything is absolutely cool when you're part of a team. Exactly. Things yeah. totally did not go wrong no. in the first recording. We totally didn't get 30 minutes into the episode before we noticed everything is okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, Brad's back this week. Yeah, yeah. I'm back, bitches. Um, it's been a fun week and a half, or I guess technically since we've recorded anything, it's been almost three weeks. Yeah, yeah, because, uh, well, not for me, but for you. Um, yeah, yeah, that's true. And I guess technically not for me, considering I pre-recorded an episode that's been backlogged. So should we ever need it? I saw an absolutely wonderful film called Ooh. Sing a Bit of Harmony. Mm-hmm. If you have the opportunity whenever it comes out on DVD, I highly recommend checking it out. Or if you're in the UK and I think a few other areas, it is currently in theaters. So if you have the opportunity and feel up to it, considering, you know, covid Mm-hmm. I would highly recommend it. It's like a Disney film, but it's anime. It's a musical. It's brilliant. I love it. I had a great time. Nice. Yeah. So this week we are covering Monthly Girls Nozaki-kun. We will get into that. We did have a little bit of news. So should we go back over that? First of all, to the person that suggested this, because I'm not going <laughs> to, I can't let that bit die. Oh, that's you, true. Yeah. You, you know who you are. You know you suggested this. We tried to do it last year and it didn't happen for some reason. I think it's because I'm a selfish bastard and made the schedule and then it got suggested to me after the fact. I can't remember. Anyway, you know who you are. You know you suggested this. You're welcome. You get your episode now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it's a, a pretty darn well-received episode from what I have noticed and from the ending, the last episode on Crunchyroll when you can go down, you can see the comments. Everyone was calling for a second season. This is like, it was made quite a while ago, so I don't think a second season is going to happen, but I do know that there are some OVAs for this show. So. Uh, I mean- were they on Crunchy? I didn't see them. The OVAs? Oh, maybe not. Maybe the OVAs weren't, but I do know the OVAs exist. Oh, then we need to find those and do like their own special episode at some point. Yeah. But yeah. So to you that suggested this, and you will be messaged after this just to reinforce the fact that we finally covered it, you're welcome. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> and if you guys want to recommend us to cover something, you can either hit us up in the DMs on social medias at BNB Anime on Twitter or Instagram, or you can leave a comment in one of our YouTube videos, or you can hit us up directly on the website, which is www.bnbanime.com, uh, which has a, a new phase right now. There are still some things that we need to add to it, but yeah, it's looking pretty darn cute. Yeah, the main page looks sick. I'm mm-hmm. so pleased with the work that's been done on that. It looks great. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, what have you been up to since we last heard of you, Brad? Um, from you, not of you, from you. That, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I don't know. I I did this whole bit the last time we recorded this, and now I've lost it all. Um, oh, yes. So if anyone would like to lend me $20,000, I would greatly appreciate it because I took my uncle out to eat for his birthday and inside this restaurant they had one of those like wheeling robot things that like speeds through the restaurant mm-hmm. with food on trays and it sings and it has a cat as a face and oh my god i love it i had a blast that is the most joy i have felt in like the past two weeks mm-hmm. oh i absolutely Love that. That was great. Um, I've spent way too much time on the new RP server we're playing on. It's harder to do this bit now because I can't shock you with the info that I gave on the last one, but I'm going to do it anyway. So, (laughs) 
for anyone who is interested, I am playing on a new RP server called Renew RP. If you search in 5M, you can find it. It's a great server. It's a great time. The dude who's directing it is absolutely fantastic. He stays on top of things. He takes care of things. He's genuinely one of the most, like, on top of it whenever it comes to an RP server that I've ever seen. So it's great. If you want to play with us, I highly recommend it. I am the director of the hospital. So if you want stupid shenanigans to ensue, it's definitely me that's going to help cause them. I speak in a very long, drawn-out Southern accent that sounds like Colonel Sanders, if you can imagine. It's great. It's a blast. I highly Highly recommend it. There's plenty of jobs to do. There's plenty of things to get into. The police force is excellent. I highly recommend checking it out. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, what about you? What have you been into? Uh, in the last recording, you actually went outside for once. Yeah, I did. I uh, I was talking about how last time, last episode, I was talking about how I kind of quarantined myself since getting back to Toronto. Um, and I have been feeling fine. So I went out and met up with a friend from school who we used to hang out. We used to get coffee quite a bit last semester. And uh, finally got to meet up with her again. And it was really, really nice to see her. We spoke about some anime. Um, we kind of talked about, I don't know, just like random stuff. We just had a bit of girl talk and it was really nice. Uh, we went to a coffee shop that I've never been to before, but it was really, really cute. They had um, like taxidermied birds hanging from the ceiling, which was kind of weird. But one of them, um, like it was looking all janky. Like it looked like, I don't know, somebody had like thrown something at it and broken it. Cause like the wing was broken and falling off and it was like hanging around upside down. I should have taken a picture of it. Cause it was funny. Um, how it was just like, yeah, that's the epitome of our lives right now is that bird. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, we went out, we, uh, we got some coffee, we walked around a bunch and, uh, it was pretty cold. I, I should have put tights on under my trousers because yeah, my th- thighs definitely needed to thaw when I get back inside after that. Um, yeah, and I nearly slipped like three times while walking, but, uh, that's just because I'm incredibly clumsy. I do have good boots. I just still slip because I'm like a deer on ice. Like my legs are I'm just long and skinny and I don't have any, like my center of gravity is way too high. Like, no, uh, I need to go shopping after this. I need to go get some potatoes, some milk, some carrots. I have a sticky note in front of me now that just says carrots with an exclamation mark. And I have a feeling that I'm going to forget about it and then come back to it in like three weeks time and be like carrots. Why the fuck? Just, um, just stick it on your forehead. Honestly, though. Um, <laughs> What else have I been up to? I don't know. Just class, just school. Uh, got some in-person classes this semester, which I'm excited to get to. Haven't been to them yet. The semester has started, but we've got a few online before we then go and meet in person once everyone has been boosted and, and we're approved to go and studios. Cause like right there are, because our classes are fairly big and with the studios when they're full to capacity, cause obviously they're not full but like they because you have to space everyone out we can't fit a full class in one studio so it's really hard to do in-person classes so we're kind of waiting for approval for that to all go through and it's still debatable right now as to whether or not they're going to happen but as far as i'm aware they're all set to go for now which is exciting um mondays are busy for me though i have like three classes on a monday you know i mean back whenever i went to college before I dropped out after a semester. It was the same way for me. I had three classes on one day, two classes on 
or like Monday, Wednesday, Friday was three classes. Tuesday and Thursday were two classes. But then on the Tuesday and Thursday, I had lab. So lab was like three fucking hours. Mm -hmm. So that that sucked. Not a fan at all. Yeah. Yeah. So my painting class is a three hour long class. And then I have two classes that have tutorials. So like they have the main lecture and then I have another class afterwards with a TA that's like for because like the the main lectures are like 200 300 people in them right so Mm -hmm. then the the everyone separated out into groups and then you have your ta to be able to to talk to them but i have one class that's a dual professor class and i've never had that before where i have like one professor for one segment of of the class that's like the instructional and then i have another professor that's doing a lab so I've never had that happen. So yeah. that's, or even heard of that. So that's interesting. Yeah. So I'm quite excited because my professor is a specialist in sculpture and I have never worked with sculpture before. So yeah, fun. I want photos because I'm curious how that would turn out. Yeah. Well, I know I have to take a, you know, when you're working in like shop rooms and stuff and you have to do a safety quiz, mm-hmm. I have to do that. That's yeah, you should you should probably do that. I Safety is that. of the utmost important. Don't yeah. be like me and be unsafe. Yeah, uh, yeah. The last time I took shop was when I was eleven in sixth grade. Uh, I took a semester of shop. But I guess it's the good thing. Like most safety and stuff like that is common sense. Yeah. Or you assume it's common sense. There's always that one person that makes it not common sense at all. Yeah, I remember that safety quiz in sixth grade. And it was like, um, it was very basic questions. It's like, um, what are safety equipment that you need to be wearing when you're in the shop room? Or like, you know, um, because we weren't, I mean, we were working with some pretty heavy machinery. We were working with, you know, proper saws and drills and shit. The, mm-hmm. the teacher would, it was much more like teacher taking things from you halfway through than it would be in like high school. Mm-hmm. But I remember... Uh, one of the questions was about eyewear, um, and there was this one girl who just put glasses, I think, on her exam, and she didn't pass because you had to put safety glasses or safety goggles or, like, you have to have, like, the protective element in there. Otherwise, you could just be wearing, like, regular glasses, and she didn't get it, and she was upset. Mm. And that's, like, how I remember that class was that quiz. And I made a pencil holder. Do you still have said pencil holder? I think so. I think my parents have it. I think they use it to this day. Oh, hey, look at that. Yeah. I made a mug that exploded in art class. Air bubbles in it, right? Um, No, no. I, no. I think it just fell off the counter and broke. Oh, okay. But we did have some people's shit like actually explode in the kiln. Yeah, yeah. That was great. And our teacher like constantly told people, make sure there's no air bubbles. Make sure there's no air bubbles. Mm -hmm. There's always that one person. There's always that one guy. Speaking of that one guy, there's always that like campfire guitar guy. And the only reason I say that, and I know I say that, and then you immediately have an image like pop in your head. Mm -hmm. The only reason I say that is because (laughs) at church today, I made the joke to the other guy that works back in the media booth with me. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, we both looked at this person. We're like, yeah, totally can't fire guitar guy. And as soon as I said that, he just looked at me and started dying. And I'm like, "It, you see? Everybody knows can't fire guitar guy. It's, it's just it. Yep. Yep. True. Oh, uh, so shall we, shall we get into the news? Let's get into the news. All right. So first things first, 
Demon Slayer is the number one trending thing in the world right now. Ooh. As it should be. Because Ufotable is just doing an amazing job. I'm having an absolute blast with it. It's great. It's wonderful. I love it. Um, My Dress Up Darling is taking over the world by storm. Yeah, I've been seeing it on like everybody's social media right now. I mean, it should be because it's such a breath of fresh air. It's like Food Wars, but cosplay. Like it's that same level of horny, but cosplay. And I mean, so far, Cloverworks is doing a phenomenal job with it. Like it's following the manga to a T. It tells you anything about how much I'm enjoying it. I bought the manga. Nice. The manga for it's also more expensive than normal manga, too. Like, you know how your normal manga is like 10 bucks or I guess Canadian, it'd be like 12. Mm-hmm. It's 12 bucks or actually 13 bucks because it's 12.99. So Canadian, it'd be like 16. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's bigger manga and whatnot. But it has about the same amount of pages. But I guess, you know, because the rectangles are a little bit bigger, you got to charge $3 more for it. I'm not, I'm not pissed. I swear. <laughs> but yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. And Cloverworks is following the manga to a T. So, I mean, good on them so far. I don't have high hopes because it's Cloverworks. I keep saying this. I, they're, they're doomed to disappoint me because of One Drag Priority and fucking Promise Neverland. Yes. But it's fine. It, We'll get over it. We'll get there. And then Attack on Titans. I mean, obviously, they're doing a splendid job with what they're doing up to this point. We got a lot of Attack on Titan to cover in the next little bit. We do. We do. Because I want to cover season four, like when it ends. Yes. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. But this whole fucking, oh my God, this whole season has been absolutely brilliant for everyone and then spring is going to be brilliant as well we got so much shit coming up we're gonna have a great time so much anime yeah so much anime and it's it is it's very exciting stuff and um yeah we were talking about how in the in in our last version of this recording we were talking about how we think that it's a, a good thing that we have one person who kind of watches shows as they go and one person me who can't do that because they'll forget halfway through that they're watching a show and then not watch the next episode um so binge watches the shows when they're done because i feel like that way you get a really good perspective of um somebody who's felt the pain of being on that cliffhanger and waiting for the next episode Mm. and uh and then someone who's like binged it all and is really really excited because they've just seen the whole thing all at once let us know what you do at home are you a weekly watcher or are you person a person who like hides from spoilers and then binges it when it's all said and done i saw i saw a meme the i think it was either last night or this morning i can't remember Mm. but it's of Aaron, whenever a certain bit in Attack on Titan happens. And it was like, Aaron saw this bit in the story and he didn't spoil anything. Don't be like Aaron. (laughs) (laughs) Because I don't know what it is. And I've realized that I have this fucking conversation a lot, but it's the reason why I'm making sure to watch Attack on Titan week to week, even though I've read the manga. I know how it ends and Mm -hmm. I'm still not over it. But Fucking uh, Attack on Titan is the absolute worst with people spoiling things. Yeah. And I feel like the deeper I get into TikTok, the more I see that everybody's kind of doing it as well. Yeah. But still, it's like Attack on Titan is the worst whenever it comes to spoilers. Mm-hmm. And I mean, spoiling everything. Mm-hmm. And so just uh, 
that's why I watch week to week. I'm not I'm not having anything spoiled for me again. What happened in season four, part one, still hurts. Yeah, for some reason, I have a, a really good spoiler radar, and I very rarely get things spoiled for myself. I don't know how I manage to avoid it. I just do. Well, I think a lot of that has to do to with you're not as much like social media as that's true. I am. Definitely. You've taken more of Instagram by the horns, but a lot of that's because the memes that you've been posting, which yeah. by the way, B and B anime on Instagram, you can see Blue's fantastic memes that Thank she's you. been making herself. Yes, I have been. If you see the ones with the yellow text, they have been made by me. <laughs> and they're brilliant. I love them Thank you. so much. But yeah, I feel like that's primarily why. And also don't feel like you're as heavily into anime talk as I am. No. Well, I don't really have a lot of friends like around me that watch. I mean, like you watch anime, but like you're kind of it. Like, I don't like, I mean, I met up with a girl yesterday, but like we briefly talked about anime. She's watched some anime in the past, but she's not like into it, you know? So, and my brother who watches anime has very different tastes than I do. Mm -hmm. So that like, we don't watch the same anime. Yeah, I don't really have anybody that's like right next to me that I I that talk about anime with. So I I'm not really into that side of the community, if you know what I mean. I just kind of like watch anime and go about my business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I try to stay on top of it mainly because yeah. of the podcast and everything else. Mm-hmm. But also, I'm just so genuinely intrigued by what everybody else's thoughts are. Yeah. I don't know if it's just because the amount of psychology that I've taken to where, like, I just want to know how everybody thinks and, like, get their input on it and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But it, I don't know. I'm just genuinely curious about stuff like that. Yeah. Um, So, first bit of news, sticking with the Demon Slayer thing. Demon Slayer, the Hinokami Chronicles game, is getting a Switch version that's going to be releasing in Japan on June 9th. Hmm. So everywhere else in the world is going to be... Oh, never mind. So we don't have an official US release date yet, but it's releasing in Japan on June 9th. So I would assume probably figure on like August to October-ish releasing Mm -hmm. everywhere else. Because typically, I think it's like three months past. Yeah to get a US release, but I'll keep y'all updated on that. However, the fact that the game is coming to the Switch, I'm genuinely surprised it's taken this long because it released in October of mm-hmm. last year on all consoles. So I'm, the game seems like it would run well on the Switch. So I, yeah, I'm just genuinely surprised it's taken this long for it to release on the platform. Mm-hmm. It's so much fun. I mean, the story is kind of meh because it's retelling everything, but to see it animated in more of like a 3D environment, like that with like video game visuals and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It's a fun game. I've enjoyed it. I haven't tried the online much because everybody that I've seen videos of on TikTok and whatnot is a god at the game. And my god complex can't handle that. So no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I. <laughs> it's like when you watch those videos of people doing a shit and it's like they're amazing professionals that have spent their entire year like years and years of their life doing it they've been practicing since they were four and you watch that video and you're just like i could do that yeah and then you try it and it's like no, no no i can't do that no you can't do that but you look at it and you're like yeah i can do that and i don't know why it hubers me like every time i bring up my non-existent god complex it's just for some reason it tickles me every time because I'm like, no, God complex can't handle it. No, you can't. Yeah, no. It's, you you think you could do it? You cannot do it. Nope. No. Nope. Not the slightest. No. Uh- um. All right. So 
Next, um, next bit of news speaking with, I feel like most of my stuff is pretty much centered around the big three of this season. Yeah. The next bit of news. So Crunchyroll and Funimation are going to begin streaming the English dub for Attack on Titan part two mm. next Sunday or February 13th. Right. Okay. So they have dual licensing. Yep. Which I'm honestly surprised because I don't think Crunchyroll up to this point has had the licensing for the dub at all. It's pretty much been Funimation because I think Funimation is in charge of dubbing it, especially considering who does the voice for Aaron is also the same one that does Kirito, Meliodas, and Demon Slayer's Inosuke. Yeah. So I'm genuinely intrigued, but then again, I guess it kind of makes sense for the fact of Crunchyroll to get it just because of how absolutely massive Attack on Titan has become, especially with the final season. Mm-hmm. So kind of makes sense, but still, the dual licensing, I'm intrigued. Yeah, I feel like it's one of those things of um, it's worth it to Funimation to give it to Crunchyroll because if somebody is just kind of hearing about Attack on Titan, like they're just getting into anime or whatever, and they're obviously going to watch the early seasons. They're going to want to watch it. Um, mm-hmm. So it will lead them over to Funimation. Yeah, but also they're both owned by the same parent company now, being yeah. owned by Sony. So, I mean, I figure we'll start seeing more stuff kind of streamed on both rather than it just being, you know, one on one, one on the other. But I figure it's probably going to be just the main titles, like the bigger titles. And yeah. the smaller ones will kind of go to either or, depending. Yeah, well, they're not going to want to put both of them being on shared content because then there's no point in getting both subscriptions. Mm-hmm. Which, like we had talked about before, kind of you know leads to wonder if they will end up just combining the two at some point or sharing a subscription price across them. Kind of yeah. like how, uh, what was it, Verve had like subbed for this amount and then dubbed for another amount, or you can have a combined amount for both. That way you can have the apps be different but you can have a sign-in be the same for both and then like pay for both if that would be an option i don't know i could see them doing a joint price but i definitely don't think that they will combine them i don't think that it is monetarily beneficial i could definitely see things about them combining as well for instance like merchandise being from the same factory source or Mm -hmm. um yeah, I could see them maybe doing one login per thing, so you have like one account. But even then, I feel like it's better, like it's more beneficial for them to have them be separate and people pay for both. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, because I don't, know. I don't know. I'd like to see like with the price of Crunchy being, I think, eight bucks a month right now, and Funimation being nine. Yeah, and then do like a joint for like twelve or thirteen bucks. Well. Uh, one thing about that that I I would be curious about is how many people actually know that they are both now owned by Sony, and is it beneficial to their reputation to combine them, or is it more beneficial for them to still appear as though they are competing websites? Like, is it because like imagine Netflix and Hulu combined, and then. Like, you would be, like, watching it, you'd be like, what the fuck? Like, why are they together, you know? So I wonder if it's, like, more beneficial for them to just not and have them stay separate so that your average everyday Joe Blow doesn't see 
them as being part of the same conglomerate, it makes them seem more manufactured. It makes them seem less like it's an indie anime company, even though they're definitely not. But they, you still, like, especially with Crunchyroll, still kind of get that small anime, early anime vibe from them occasionally. Mm-hmm. And they would be sacrificing that completely if they combined it with Funimation. It wouldn't seem like anime from 10 years ago vibe. It would seem like big marketing co- company has come in and you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, I know with Funimation, Funimation is much more of like a mainstream household company yeah. to mm-hmm. the American viewers, whereas Crunchyroll still seems like the indie cool kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I agree. I don't necessarily think it'd be the most feasible thing for them to just combine into like one app or something like that because they are both so distinguished from one another. Yeah. However, I would like to see some sort of merger again, like with the whole pricing thing. Yeah. Because your boys broke. (laughs) True. (laughs) Um, But yeah, but then it would also be clear that they have a monopoly on the market pretty much because Netflix is the only other place really that has anime and Netflix isn't known for anime. Well, Netflix is slowly growing more of a library. Hulu is kind of growing its own library as well, kind mm. of, sort of. But then Disney is coming out of right field along with HBO mm. and kind of like starting their own thing. I know Disney just started their Twisted Wonderland series, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but they're not specifically anime targeted, right? So, no. it, yeah, they like if you're looking for an anime site, you choose either Funchy Roll or Cranimation. <laughs> Each. <laughs> roll or animation. There you go. That's who you mm-hmm. choose. One or the other. You don't. I mean, if you're on, if you're already paying for a Netflix subscription and you get anime, it's like, oh, bonus. But like, you don't. Nobody's going to buy a Netflix subscription for anime. I mean, I pay for Netflix because of anime, but. <laughs> Well, you know what I mean. Like, if you, yeah, if yeah, you, I know. Yeah, if there's not to, enough exclusive specifically no. to Netflix where you're just going to be like, boom. Yeah. Because they have very, very few exclusives that are just to them that I think would necessarily be worth paying for. Mm-hmm. I mean, racking my brain, the main one that I can think of that's exclusive to them that I just necessarily can't think of getting without anywhere else is Violet Evergarden. Yeah, but I have issues. But that's okay. I mean, that's we, just we both thing. have issues with that because of its thing. Yeah. But I mean, just as far as like big titles that yeah. you can't get anywhere And the Ghibli else. films if you're international. Uh, yeah, if you're international. For those of us that live in America, you're stuck with HBO Max, which is another chunk of... Oh, Comey! Comey is one of those that you can't get anywhere else. So, fuck yeah, I pay for Netflix because of Comey. <laughs> Yeah. Well, well worth the monthly fee, even though you only get fucking 12 episodes. Oh, well. <laughs> now, next piece of news, but continuing on with the same sort of concept. SAO, Alicization, War of the Underworld, is officially dubbed, releasing on Funimation and Crunchyroll on, actually, today. So, February 6th. It will officially have all 23 episodes. I guess the licensing with Toonami has officially run out to where now Funimation and Crunchy can have all the dub. So that's nice. That's exciting. I know a lot of people that will only watch SAO dubbed, Mm -hmm. I guess, thanks to Netflix. So, boom, there you go. You're welcome. Nice. All right. Next piece of news. Laidback Camp is getting its first smartphone game this year. Such excite. So I figured you would be very excited about that, which is why I included it into the news. Yes, I'm excited. So 
I don't know what it's going to entail. I don't know if it's going to be like one of those tap rhythm type games, like Cookie Clicker, but for laid back camp. Mm. I'd be fine with that just to see the visuals for it and whatnot. I hope they release it in the US because I'd totally download it and play it. Why not? I just, I, I want, I, I don't think it's going to be, I want it to be a full RPG of like going like a full camping. adventure game. Yeah, I want it to be like, Yes, send me on a Final Fantasy style adventure, but like also it's just camping. That would be great. Thank you. I mean, if they fully fleshed out that idea and made it into a $60 game, I'm paying. I would for go it. for that. Yeah. yeah, like I would pay 60 bucks for that. I mean, sure. Why not? Especially with the visuals that could come from that, even if it's like a side scrolling adventure type thing or yeah. like point and click adventure. Give me something like that and I'd pay for it. Okay, Why not? but like Animal Crossing? But laid back camp. If that wouldn't be like Call of Duty level resource extensive, I would do that in a heartbeat. uh, I mean, I know that that's it would be so pretty. Like also the level of comfy. Yeah, but I I agree the level of comfy. But there's no way you could play that on the Switch. Like that have to be like new generation and PC exclusive. I don't care. I mean, just think about how intensive the graphics are. I mean, I don't care either. My PC is a beast. Like, fuck it. I'll pay for anything. Fuck off outside. I'm being important. But yeah, like I'd get that in a heartbeat. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah. And then last piece of news. Going back to my dress up darling for a moment. My dress up darling has become so popular that the manga has put out a million more copies into circulation since the anime has premiered. And it now has 4.5 million copies in circulation. That manga is rolling in it right now. <laughs> As it should be. Again, it's so fucking good. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it so much. Also, to put that into perspective, like as far as money made, gross anyway. I can't talk about profit, but 4.5 million at $10? That's $45 million just off fucking like gross. Yeah. That's badass. Yeah. And again, as it should be, because it's so good, mm-hmm. so pretty. But yeah, that's all I got for news. Yeah, okay. Uh, I don't have anything of news variety to add, so I guess we can just jump into the background. So, Monthly Girls Nozaki-kun is a romantic comedy. The manga was written by Izumi Tsubaki. Published by Square Enix, it is currently running to this day with 13 volumes, and it began publication on August 25th of 2011. Mm -hmm. The anime was directed by Mitsue Yamazaki, Mm -hmm. made by Studio Dogakobo, Mm -hmm. and the initial run was from July 7th of 2014 to September 22nd of 2014 for a total of 12 episodes and it looks like the OVA are like little three minute shorts Mm -hmm. for six of them. Yeah. And you know for this being made in 2014 like it doesn't look like it's aged a day like it still certainly fits with the newer art styles. Yeah it it holds up for me. I could have told me that it was made last year and I'd have believed you. Oh yeah, 100%. Like it's definitely very modern in its art style. There's no like wonky CG of like trying to upscale itself by any means. In the OP and 
yeah, mainly the OP. There are certain shots of the school and like certain areas that you can tell are CG, but there's no real like just overwhelming sense of like um like wonky animation by any means. Everything just flowed really well. Everything turned out really well. I mean, just visually, it was nice. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. So on my end, it is rated a PG thirteen. Fair. Fair. Yeah, very fair. Um, you already said it's a rom-com. Um, yeah, uh, it is uh, rated a 4.06 out of 5 on Anime Planet or an 8.12 out of 10 and a 7.87 out of 10 on my anime list. So about an 8 on average out of 10. I mean, also fair. Yeah, it has a dropped rate of 3.77%, so nearly 4%, which is, again, fair for something that is, like, I feel like comedy things tend to have higher drop rates because people's senses of humor are vastly different from if someone goes and watches an action film, they're going to watch an action, you know? like. And also, this isn't necessarily a rom-com either. It's like a parody of a rom-com. Yeah, I, I saw one comment on Crunchyroll while I was watching it that was just like um, yeah halfway through they forgot about the ROM and just kept it calm and I was like yeah that's fair. I mean 100% you know what this feels like to me Mm. this to a rom-com is what A Cabin in the Woods was for horror. I could see it yeah. Yeah because it's like all right, so we're going to present you with this idea of a rom-com but then halfway through you're going to realize no no, it's not really a rom-com. It's more of a play on it. And you yeah. get kind of more of like a background to it. Yes. Yeah. Um, I will just say that it is available on Netflix in some regions. So if you don't have Crunchyroll and you're in another country, give it a search on Netflix. See if it's there. Uh, but if not, it, it will be on Crunchy. Yeah. Now, t- did you find a dub for it? No, I didn't. I need to check Funimation to see if it actually has a dub really quick because Crunchy has the sub. Mm, I don't know. But you can continue on with your background. Yeah, yeah so I'm just going to go into some background on it, just like an overview of what it's about before we check on those spoiler chicken hats. So yeah, it's about a young high school girl named Sakura who um, has fallen completely head over heels with Nozaki and she goes... Um, I don't think this is a spoiler. It happens very early on in the first episode. It's how the plot is created, so I wouldn't consider this a spoiler. But she goes to profess her love to Nozaki, and um, uh, in doing so, finds out that he is actually a um, like a manga car. He he's a sh- he he makes manga. He is, makes shoujo manga, and um, she's in the art club and ends up getting pulled into his little group of folks that help him out to make these manga, and uh, and she ends up helping him helping him do that. And then it's shenanigans from them and the rest of the group throughout the rest of the season. You get some uh, I, hints of romance. I'm giving the very, very loose term in, in romance. It's more like uh, crushes that jokes are made of crushes it's like the best way to describe it yeah pretty much i mean that's about it because it's like it's very one-sided but also it's very comedically yeah one-sided yeah and then uh but like also the other side isn't like a it's just like a, a level of obliviousness is how they make the jokes it's so stupidly oblivious too like just 
spoiler chicken hats if that's that just kind of blatantly put it out there. So skip ahead like 30 seconds. But first episode, she like misspeaks with like what she says. She's like, I'm a fan and I want to like spend forever with you. And he just signs an autograph and hands it to her. (laughs) Yeah. It's so dumb. Like it's so painfully like oblivious. And yet it's brilliant all at the same time. It's such a fantastic take on the genre. Mm hmm. And then, of course, all of the rest of the people that are in the group are also extreme personalities. Um, and you have, like, uh, uh, somebody who's really charming and has, like, all of these fans. And then you have their counterpart being um, way more, like, nerdy, but also fairly aggressive. And then you have... Um, uh, somebody who's, like, really vicious when it comes to sports, but is... Uh, also has like a really uh, high talent in something that's just really conflicting. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to keep this all vague enough to where if like, because I'm not sure if you can consider the revealing of these character traits to be spoilers or like surprises throughout the story. So I'm trying to keep it as vague as possible. Yeah, but also with this kind of story as well, I find it hard to... To spoil? Yeah. Yeah, because it's very like tonica but it has a more linear story in a way but it's still very like tonica or like high school boys mm-hmm. in that it's very inconsequential with everything because it's all jokes yeah so i feel like when we get into talking more in depth about this i don't think it's necessary for us to go through episode by episode and talk about plot points because if this was played out of order you would still know what was going on it doesn't have like yes there is a full school year that they go through. Um, but it's not. The only thing that's would be beneficial to watching it episode by episode is the introduction of each character. Cause every yeah. episode, at least for the first half kind of introduces the new, a new character, character and a new personality to the series. Yeah. Agreed. But outside of that, it's extremely inconsequential. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I feel like uh, it's, I, there's a lot of really good jokes in here. A lot of people were comparing it to Daily Lives of High School Boys in comments. So if that's a show that you've watched and you've enjoyed, give this one a go. Um, and if you've watched this one and enjoyed this one and haven't watched Daily Lives of High School Boys, give that one a go. It's no ROM, just calm, but it's a good time. Yeah, entirely calm, but it's, uh, it's great. Yeah. I- Okay, so I'm going to check on Spoiler Chicken Hats, but like I said before, the spoilers are kind of just like the punchlines to jokes, so I don't necessarily, like, this is not like a Demon Slayer or Attack on Titan level spoiler, you know? These are just, like... It's more or less just jokes that were told throughout and just kind of, like, walking through it bit by bit. We will kind of get, like, the overarching plot, if there is technically one. yeah. But it's pretty much like normal high school lives of Noz- of Nozaki who writes manga and then everybody else kind of like being around him and helping him out with the story. And that's mm-hmm. kind of it, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just all comedy. Yeah. So we didn't talk about it in this recording like we did the last one. However, let's go ahead and get our beef out of the way from the very beginning. Yes. Because so- Blue and I have beef over this we do so there are two characters i did put on those spoiler chicken hats there are two characters here that we have debated to be best boy submissions and we can Mm -hmm. just submit both 
I mean, we can, and then we can fully duke it out over the whenever we get to the anime awards for this year. Yeah. However, we might as well duke it out right now. I wholeheartedly believe that Nozaki should be best boy. And I think that it should be um, Mikoto. Mikoshiba Mikoto. Mm-hmm. That's who I think it should be. So why do you believe that he should be? Because I, I wonder if you'll find my points kind of... Like if it might sway you in a different direction, uh, I don't. I don't know that it will, my guy. All right, so let's hear. Why do you believe he is a excellent submission to be best boy of twenty twenty two? Because he embarrasses himself with the things that he says. So that entitles him to best boy status. Uh, yes, he's adorable. He is the the. It just. He doesn't understand anything. Then he gets himself tied up in situations that he can't do. That he he just he's the he is like the embodiment of social anxiety, but in an extrovert. I mean, I kind of get that in a way because I too am kind of very similar. I mean, depending on the situation I've put in, yeah. Because he he does have that like exterior like god complex type to him, yeah. where he's like, "Oh, I can do this and I can do that. Here's all of this that I'm presenting to you." Yeah. But he also gets embarrassed very easy. But it's because of that bravado that he puts on and that sense of pride to where I can't classify him as best boy. He is way more huggable than no- uh, Nozaki, though. <laughs> I disagree no. because look at the story that Nozaki writes and everything. Like, dude is extremely squish on the inside, no, whereas no. outside he has that like kind of rough exterior. He's not vulnerable enough. I feel like he is. Like, I feel like he's much more squish than he gives off. No, I disagree. I think because out of both of them, there are many times during the anime where I was like, oh, Mikoshiba, I just want to give you a hug. I'm like, tell you, it's all going to be okay. I never got that with Nozaki. But you see, I never got that way with Mikito either, because every situation he was in, he put himself in. Like, that's all him. It was never circumstantial. No, but I have done that to myself before, because you just agree to stuff when you're in the moment, and then afterwards you kick yourself for it, and you feel so bad about it, and you're just like, I want to die. And I, I relate to that so hard that Mikito is like, yeah, no, I get you. I get you. I am you. Yeah, no, I can't. I can't. I can't relate. Yeah, no, I relate to him so hard. I mean, I relate in some aspects, but at the same time, at this point in my life, like I won't agree to anything that could even remotely put myself in any situation like that. So I I can't relate but, anymore. But you just sometimes you just say things and then you go, why did I say that? And then you die inside and he dies externally. And I appreciate that because, it, yeah, no, he is way more huggable. Yeah, but again, whenever I try to compare him to other protagonists, like we're going to put in the best boy category, like Tanjiro and whatnot, I just can't classify him on those levels. Technically, I can't classify Nozaki either, but out of the two, I definitely think Nozaki is more huggable. No, I strongly disagree. Well, this is one of those that we will agree to disagree on mm-hmm. till the end of time. Let us know who your best boy of the show is. Yeah. Also, Hori could also be another one that I feel like could possibly go into it. 
honestly, any of the the main four lads could. Yeah, yeah, pretty much any of them. I feel like could definitely go into consideration. Yeah, for it. Yeah, uh, I feel like um, we have a candidate for biggest fuck up in the joke of an editor that Mitsuya is. Yep, yep, I could one hundred percent see that as well. So, um, yeah, I think that's that's a fat one. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I can one hundred percent see that. Me too. Yeah, there you go. Added to the list. Bingo. Um. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, now that that has been hashed out, kind of not really, we didn't come to a consensus, but you know, uh, <laughs> let's um let's kind of go. I guess we'll just start with like our favorite jokes. So for me, one of my favorite jokes was the art episode. Okay. Yeah. Whenever um, fucking Mikato agreed to be a stand-in for the art club, so they could do sketches of it. <laughs> yeah, that was brilliant. I enjoyed that greatly, especially Nozaki coming in and completely misconstruing everything around him mm-hmm. for his manga. I love that so much. Honestly, just the running joke of Mikito being his main female lead is hilarious. Yeah. Oh, it's absolutely brilliant. Um, and the, and when Hori realizes what <laughs> the connection, she's like, "I know him from somewhere. Where do I know, where do I know this personality from?" Oh, yep. And they've all been working together for quite some time. Like Sakura comes into it late in the game. Yeah. Like as far as the established relationships between all these characters. Mm-hmm. And so just seeing that connection made finally after as much as they've all worked together, oh, it's it's great. But also secretly worked together because they never went over at the same time because they didn't want anybody else to know that they did it. Yep. And then like how it's this great kept secret that Nozaki is the writer of this manga and everyone just assumes it's some woman who has the most in touch with teenage girls' hearts and it's the most oblivious dude it could ever possibly be. Yeah, and the fact that in the in the first episode when Sakura's like, ah, oh, they told me so- like he told me something that's really like um personal, like it's a secret. Oh, I'm so happy about it. And he's like, nah, I told everybody, but they just didn't believe me. Yeah, and also the way she finds out is because of that confession we talked about a little bit earlier. And yet at the same time, it was like she find out because whatever she confessed and he gave her his autograph, it was the same name as the author of the manga. And she puts two and two together and she's like, oh, oh, God, it's great. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of another joke that I thought was really funny. Um, oh, the episode of them forgetting to bring their umbrella. So Nozaki tries out the like coat option of trying to see how that would actually work. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Didn't work. Oh my God. Oh, it's the great. tandem bicycle. Oh, and that's the first episode. Yeah. <laughs> and it comes up with a four person bicycle too. Not just a two, but a four. <laughs> Where does he get those props from? Like, does he just buy them? And then it's like, fuck it. That didn't work. So throws them away. <laughs> Uh, and then Kashima being the main female prince, main prince of the school, but she's a girl. That's funny. Yep. 
her and Mikita should get along really well. And yet, for some reason, it seems like Mikita's scared of her because she's much more in tune with that personality than he is. Like, his is more of like an outward persona instead of that just being him. Yeah. Well, the, the, the fact that they were rivals before, but he lost in everything. And so he just kind of like now is like, they just are like friends now in their rivalry. But, uh, Mikito's like how, cat like he is like when <laughs> when he was helping um with the drama department and then hori was like ah oh, i made really good friends with him he's actually really good to work with and then the next day he goes to school and <laughs> he was just hiding behind a curtain again and he's like yeah you have to remake friends with him again until he gets used to you again <laughs> oh that's great and then there's ah oh, fuck what am i thinking of my brain is fried uh, the whole controversy with the editors, to be honest, is a really funny running joke. Yeah, yeah, I can agree with that. Um, and and the, yeah, because obviously you have the the two editors. You have Nozaki's original editor, who is just bad, just really bad, so bad. Changing titles because they're not cute enough. Cha- adding mm-hmm. freaking what even is that creature <laughs> like? I have no clue. And then Nozaki's current editor, who literally just seems like he hates Nozaki's guts. Yeah. It's just like so straight to the point on everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but Nozaki's infatuated with it because of the compar- yep. the parallel to his old editor is like night and day. It's like this one can do no wrong yeah. whatsoever. Oh, and then the shopping thing with Nozaki and Sakura. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, then, that was great. I love that uh, so much. They stumble across Mikito collecting figurines. And then he kicks them out of the store. Yeah. And you also get to see no- uh, Nozaki attempting to put on a Sailor Girl uniform, but obviously yep. being way too large. And then he gives it to Sakura, and it's like, hey, so I got you this, and you should wear it. And then she's like, oh, he actually got something for me? That's so sweet. And then she pulls it out, and he's like, you could wear it right now, and pulls out the camera. <laughs> yeah, because he runs a reference photos. And then yep. um and that was a really good callback as well. A couple of episodes after during the rainy episode, she ends up at his apartment and uh she's soaking wet and he's like, oh, I have something you can change into, pulls out sailor uniform. <laughs> oh, it was brilliant. Um, the show does a lot of good with like doing callbacks and stuff like that and just the running jokes that it carries through it yes yeah there are some really really good callbacks throughout and um a lot of minor characters um for instance you have yukari who is a, another magaka who's a university student lives above um nozaki in the same apartment building and has his first editor as her current editor i wouldn't mm-hmm. really consider her to be a prominent character throughout the show, but there are some really solid jokes with her that are continuously referenced from the time that she's introduced up until the last episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I uh, also, we've got um, Yuzuki as well uh, with her singing ability. Just is the most pretty much a nosuke embodied in a slice of life woman. Yeah but can sing to nobody else's business. Mm. <laughs> Trying to teach Kashima, which is the only thing that Kashima cannot do, is sing. Mm-hmm. 
It's like, we're doing a musical. I need you to be able to, what was it, juggle, walk on stilts, like do all this stuff. And um, Sakura's like, that's a lot of stuff. Like, how? why do you need all of that for the it's a musical? Like, you can't do all of that. And Kashima's like, no, I got all the others. It's just the singing that I can't do. And I thought that was such a clever joke of just being like, brush off the fact that the others are just no problem. You know what it reminded me of? What? The president from Love is War. Hmm. And like Chica trying to teach him to sing and play volleyball, it reminded me so much of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was great. I loved it. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there are other jokes that I have missed. The prince and Hori's relationship, especially in episode eight, whenever she's like trying to figure him out after she finds Nozaki's uh manga in his bag mm-hmm. and like all the reference notes and everything and she's like oh i'm gonna figure him out i'm gonna do this that and the other and she buys the manga and she reads through it and then in the end just ends up carrying him to the fucking nurse's room with a bull head on and he's just the imagery that people get of him riding a bull to the nurse's office yes. yeah and the that was a really funny setup as well because the joke continues past that because hori has a relationship with nozaki he does the backgrounds for the manga and um in return nozaki gives him personalized manga because he has a huge crush on kashima although i don't actually think that he knows he has a crush on kashima but he does um but he has a huge crush on Kashima. And so in return for him working on the manga, he gets personalized manga about scenarios of Kashima. And, and not only that, but Nozaki will write his plays for Hori because he's the club president yes. of the drama club. And so he's over all of the plays and whatnot that the school does. Yeah. So in this circumstance, when Kashima spends the entire day basically harassing Hori, um, switching out his uniform clo- like clothes to give him a full outfit, like dressing him up as, as a woman because like he, that's what she thinks that he is into. And so she's trying to be nice to him, but it's just going horrifically wrong. Um, and then ends up carrying him to the nurse's office as a, as a bull. She then takes <clears throat> off the head and is looking like very like warmed, sweaty, but he sees her as this sparkling goddess. Well, God, in his opinion. Um, and uh, then that night when he's helping Nozaki doing his manga, he's like, hey, uh, could you do something with a bull and a prince? Oh my God. It was, that's uh, great. It is really funny because he's been so pissed at her throughout the whole time. And then that switch of just that tiny little scene at the end of like, hey, can you do this for me? was like actually he was enjoying the whole process and like his she's completely forgiven like it's all fine now yeah it's just like little character quirks like that that kind of sets the show apart from other rom-coms with stuff like that yeah well the jo- and how there's relationships built between side characters and yet the main two are just like eh. exactly yeah i would consider i would have considered the joke complete at the um revealing of her being underneath this bull mask um mm-hmm. But him then going and asking for that on top of it is just like, oh, extra joke, you know? Yeah, just one little extra tidbit. Yeah, and I think that that's one thing this show does really, really well is it it just pushes it that one step further. It like gives you everything you need and you're satisfied with the joke or the plot or whatever. And then there'll be a callback or there'll be one extra little tidbit or after the credits, there'll be like an extra scene um, that just gives you that little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one thing the show does really well compared to other, like, quote-unquote comedies is its ability to call back stuff. Yeah. 
Whereas things like Tonica and whatnot are pretty much just running or it's just jokes. Yeah. And they just kind of one hit and done. Like every now and then they may do a callback, but this one was relying on callbacks to kind of just bring joy. Yeah. And I have a feeling that's why it's kind of compared to Daily Lives of High School Boys so much in the sense that Daily Lives of High School Boys is like a skit setup and they continue on the same skits in every episode. So it's like they do the skit and then the next episode they do the same skit, but it's like a little bit deeper into it. And then they do the same skit and it's a little bit deeper into it. And this kind of has that same energy. Although I wouldn't consider these to be skits in the same way. Um, they do have that same level of like um, continuation. Yeah. It's just like the whole episode is a skit rather than four individual ones per episode. It's just one whole one. Yeah. Then it just kind of gets built upon as it goes. Yeah. but. I feel like that's about all I got for it. Yeah. Uh, animation in general, it, like we said about the characters and the actual way that the animation is done holds up to this day. Um, I do think the character design is pretty interesting. Yeah, it is kind of unique. Yeah. There are definitely some classical, like, signs, like, they're very clearly anime characters in that sense. They're not, like, dramatically different, but they do have, like, face shapes are a little bit different. Most characters have very different eyes to each other like it, there's not a lot of characters who have like the same eye style just a different color you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah everything is very unique for the individual mm -hmm. the it's only a few settings really that it takes place on so it's not like you're gonna get like um layback camp style backgrounds or anything because it's not needed mm -hmm. it's that would be unnecessary yeah, in fact, a lot of the visuals are very similar to what you would get in other animes, like the bits with Sakura and Nozaki with the cherry blossoms and whatnot. Yeah. Like, those are pretty much the same stereotypical cherry blossoms that you'll see in other anime. Yes. Like, it's very much like a similar vibe. Yeah. And yet, although there's so much focus put on the backgrounds of Nozaki's manga, and whatnot, yet there's not that much attention to detail put into the actual background and settings of the show, which I thought was a pretty nifty inclusion for it. Yes, yeah. So one thing I forgot to talk about was the OP and ED. So the OP is, forgive me for this, uh, Kimija Nakia Dame Mitai by Masayoshi Oishi. Is that Oishi? Oishi. Oishi. Um, and the ending theme is Ura Omato, uh, Omate Fortune by Chio Sakura. So, yeah. Um, I liked the OP. I like the OP as well. The ED is very eh. Mm. Like, I'm not going to remember it, but the OP definitely fit the show for yeah. sure. So I can 100% give it that. Yeah, it's very fun. It's a. Uh, uh, it, it's entertaining enough. Yeah. So I'm not going to deduct points for it. I'm probably going to deduct points for the ED because, again, it's kind of eh, mm. very forgettable. But the OP, it kind of negates the ED in a sense and that it was fun. It's not memorable, but it's fun. Yeah. I just wouldn't add it to my playlist. No, I feel like it's the kind of OP that you'd have stuck in your head for the day that you watch the anime. And then after that, it's fine. You know, you're good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I found myself not skipping it, whereas the ED I watched on the first episode, watched on the last episode, the other 10 just skipped. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Because um, that is kind of my general rule of thumb, is I will always watch something for the first episode and then refresh myself on the last episode. Mm -hmm. 
Because one thing I've kind of started to do is the day of that we record, I will always save the last episode for. Mm -hmm. And then I'll always watch it like right before we sit down to record to kind of refresh myself on everything just to be safe. Yeah. And I still cannot remember the ED to save my life. And I watched it an hour and a half ago. So go figure. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I will say is that there, especially on the last episode, are key details that are hidden after the ED. Um, If you ended the last episode without watching the ED and the last scene, you will be left on the most horrific cliffhanger. So (laughs) go back and watch that last scene. Um, Because, yeah. Every episode had that ending scene, too, to where you would be lost on. So you need to actually watch through the ED or at least know where to skip if you are going to skip the ED. Yeah. Because there's always bits at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, the last episode specifically is kind of like the most rom that you get you get like the romantic part in the first episode where she confesses and then there's little hints of it throughout where sakura is like trying to get his attention in one way or another and he's actually completely oblivious but for our main two characters nothing much happens in the middle episodes until you get to the last episode where you have the hanabi festival and they kind of bump into each other and end up watching the fireworks together where she is thinking in an internal dialogue saying oh, you know, I really love him. But she ends up just saying, I think, Daisuke out loud, which is just love or something. It's just like, love Mm -hmm. it. Love. Yeah. You know, it's not contextualized because the internal monologue was where the context was. Um, And then he leans down. No, he then then says something, but you can only hear the fireworks. Then you have the ending scene, the ending credits. And then you have um, him leaning down and she goes like what how can he uh, he leans down and whispers in her ear i love them too or i love it too but like there's no real them or it in the japanese language so it's just like i love to agree yes um and then he says hanabi fireworks so then she's like oh but for a moment it's like yes i love you too and then he's like no i uh, talk about the fireworks oh that's great yeah um but she's satisfied with that and it's a very comfortable ending to end on she's not upset about the fact that he said that she's then goes on to be like yeah no i'm fine to just kind of be next to you Mm -hmm. yeah because it it fits with the theme of the show yeah to where like if they had like if he had actually heard the proper confession and like he had given it back i almost would have felt a bit underwhelmed i guess Mm -hmm. because it wouldn't have fit the theme of the show Whereas with that, I was like, yes, like it, it just fits. Mm. Yeah. But I can totally ship them. Like I'm totally going to put them in the ship section of the anime awards because yes. Yeah. I wouldn't, I, yeah, they're definitely not couple, like best couple, but they're, they're there for best ship. I think could definitely a nomination for that. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Okay. So what do you rate it? I'm going to give this one a solid... Ooh, can I guess? Yeah, you can guess. 7.5. How did you know? Because I know you well enough at this point. Yeah, 7.5. Like, you typically fall, like, right about where the average is. Yeah. Pretty much. And with this being a rom-com, I figured you'd probably fall a tick lower than normal. Yeah. So, yeah, I figured 7.5 is about right where you would sit, especially considering how... I wouldn't necessarily say either of us were critical on this one, but I definitely think that was kind of more you. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things of, like, I don't... I mean, it's uh, with comedies and... Com- because, like, if I was comparing a comedy 
to a comedy, just comparing this to like Tanaka Kun or whatever. Tanaka Kun is my preference. I that is my sense of humor, makes me laugh more. Mm-hmm. Comparing this to all anime that we're covering, that we've covered and that we are covering this year, takes it down that one step further, you know? So I feel like that's like it's hard to compare a comedy to Demon Slayer, you know what I mean? Yeah, I get that. I do. Yeah. So anyway, where are you? Yes. Well, I think you're going to be higher than me. I don't think you're going to be that much higher. So I think you're sitting at like an 8 or 8.5. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I thought about breaking the mold and going like 8.25. Yeah. Because it's so weird. Like, I feel like I can't give it an 8.5 because I feel like that's too high. But at the same time, I feel like an 8 is kind of too low. I'm putting you at an 8. If that makes sense. Yeah. I'm putting you at an 8 because I've decided that it's going lower. (laughs) I'm rounding down. Okay. I mean, technically, it should be round down. Yeah. Technically, by math rules. By math rules. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like it's kind of fair because it it definitely didn't tickle my fancy like all that much. Yeah. But it was still an enjoyable time. Yeah. So I I definitely had fun with it. It's definitely something that if somebody wants a rom-com, I can 100% recommend it. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's not too overbearing to where, like, I can't put it on the same level as Love is War. Yeah. Well, funnily enough, just looking at this at the previous schedule here, with Comic Can't Communicate, you put that at a 10, I put that in an 8.5, but the drop rate was 5.94, whereas this drop rate was only 3.77. So mm-hmm. we both scored this lower, but the general populace watched this through more. Which... This has been out a lot longer, too, so I feel like it kind of gives people that dropped it a chance to come back. Yes, fair. So, it, I feel like, I don't know, but Comey is also a bit more, like, eclectic or a bit more niche than this, Mm -hmm. so I can also see that as well. So, again, I kind of feel like they both kind of fit their, like, audiences and their drop rates a bit more because although i am very partial to comey i can also kind of see that drop rate more because it is very very like centered towards one specific audience yeah yeah this is this is more casual viewing yeah one 100 at least in my eyes anyway like this is definitely built more towards a casual audience and not a diehard fan base that has collected all 15 volumes of manga <laughs> not me um but yeah, it it was still a lot of fun. Yeah. So I definitely can't hold it to the same esteem as something like Love is War, because I think I definitely scored Love is War like a nine, if I remember correctly. Yeah. I don't know where that is on the spreadsheet. Uh, February of last year. Love is War. It has not been felt in on the spreadsheet, so I don't know what you rated oh, it. Oh, God. We got to go back and listen to it. Oh, no. Yeah. Early, early um, 2021 is not in the spreadsheet. So to anyone that actually remembers what we rate these anime, please feel free to DM them to us on our socials or comment them on the YouTube videos if you listen to it through all the way, because we don't want to go back and listen to our own episodes. So if you don't mind, we would greatly appreciate it and give you star rankings and award points on our totally relevant list of good commenters <laughs> right uh the drop rate for um love is war though is a 3.38 and today was a uh 3.77 yep so 
And again, I feel like a lot of that too is because this is not nearly as mainstream or technically as new as anime has kind of exploded in popularity. Hmm. But also Love is War kind of took off as far as the rom-com genre goes. Hmm. So I can see that. And I feel like season three is going to have a lower drop rate than what we initially had with the first season. Yeah. So again, I realize that kind of breaks our mold of we don't rate like second seasons as far as drop rate goes because the people that watch the first one are always going to come back for the second one. Yes. But the show is also getting more popular as it goes. So I feel like that drop rate is definitely going to like streamline to be less and less as it goes on as well. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, that's it. That's all I got. You got anything else? No, I'm good. All right, cool. Blue, the lovely person that joined me this week and was here last week all by her lonesome, the great business partner that I have here. She, she be on the socials at blue lavender STM. You can find her there or on the TikTok and YouTube at blue lavender. Lavender has an a, you cannot forget the a cause you know, she's super smart. She get the a. And if you are interested in listening uh, to Brad about, shit i don't know you can find him on his uh twitch at brad carter gaming he plays games sometimes you can also find him on instagram at brad carter gaming we also have a website for the podcast which is bnbanime.com and uh we have a youtube channel as well bnb anime we also have a instagram and twitter for the podcast bnb anime we said previously that i make memes that go up on the instagram um brad also posts some memes sometimes as well so um go follow the instagram for some fresh meme content every day and um yeah i think that's everything if you're on the youtube you are listening one week behind the audio version that gets uploaded onto spotify or apple Podcasts on youtube it is um, more of a video release we are going to be having more video content coming up to the youtube soon but um yeah that uh, you're one week behind listening yeah yeah that that everything that's everything All right, so thank you all so much for listening. Blue and I greatly appreciate it. Next week, we have another rom-com in the form of gamers that I totally scheduled just solely to make Blue cringe. So be sure to check out next week's episode and hear her thoughts on what is going to be a great time for me and terrible time for her. (laughs) Yeah. But until then, we'll catch y'all next time. Bye-bye. Bye.